And uh, Brother Leonard, thank you so much for your ministry to us today in music. Amen. And as I say so many times after such, by the way, we have just wonderful music here. I'm so thankful for it. If you can't preach after that, you need to turn in your ordination certificate. Amen. Uh, that's just good stuff, really. Thank the Lord. Have you noticed in life what a difference a week can make? Think about it. There was a week in my life where I was single. And a week later, I was married. Amen? Now, you could say amen. It's okay. Amen. We are a Baptist church. And that, that one's a real logical point. Amen? Uh, there was a week where I was not a father. And a week later, I was a dad. I mean, and, and by the way, think about it in the negative, too. There was a week where you had somebody precious to you. And a week later, there was a new dug grave. I think about it in the scriptures, ladies and gentlemen. One day, there was just God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And a week later, everything that is that we know appeared. Think about that. One day, Adam was in the garden. And a week later, he was banished because he took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and did eat. One day, Noah and his family walked into the ark. And a week later, for the first time in the history of man, it began to rain. And it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. One day, the Israelites were in bondage. And a week later, they walked out of Egypt free. Amen? Heading toward the promised land. One day, the whole world was lost in the darkness of sin as Joseph and Mary made their way to Bethlehem. And a week later, the light of the world was born. Just like was prophesied of him 700 years before he was born. It said he would be born of a virgin. It said he would be born in Bethlehem, and he was on both counts. Think about it. One day, the people lined the streets of Jerusalem, and they put out palm branches, and they said, Hosanna to the Son of David! And during that week, the son of David would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. He would endure mock trials. Imagine, ladies and gentlemen, the creator being tried by the creature. It happened. You read the Gospels. It happened several times before Pilate, before Herod, before the Sanhedrin. Then he would be scourged. Literally, his back would be an open piece of meat by the time the Roman was done with the whip and the lash. He would be crucified. He would carry his cross up the Villa Dolorosa, the way of suffering. And he would, for six hours in agony, be on that cross. And he would die. 
And then three days later, he raised from the dead. What a difference a week can make. Hosanna to the son of David, and then all that we talked about, and then just a week later, up from the grave, he arose. The context of our message today is the book of 1 John. And the first book of 1 John deals with one subject exclusively, and it is the subject of what we refer to as fellowship. Fellowship. In chapter 1, verse 5, through chapter 2, verse 14, we have some conditions of fellowship. Talking about those of us that, that claim to know Jesus Christ as our Savior. And ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of people that claim to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, but they are simple professors rather than possessors. They profess that they know Christ. And, and here, uh, John, and I love John and James, the, the sons of thunder, amen. As I've said to our people so many times, John and James spiritually punch you right in the nose. They tell it like it is. And here, uh, the apostle John, in regards to the conditions of fellowship, uh, tells us there, verse 5 uh, of chapter 1, he says, This is the message that we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light and him, in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have, what's that word, church? Fellowship with him and walk in darkness. And look what he says here, we lie. He says this, if you say you have fellowship in God, with God and just continually live in darkness and sin, and sin dominates you, he says this, you're a liar. Now, I wouldn't say that, but John said that. And look what he says in the next verse. It's so great. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. In the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what Jesus did in this, what we call Passion Week. He died on the cross. He shed his blood that we could not only be free from the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin in our lives. So he says here, a condition of fellowship is walking in the light. A condition of fellowship, verse 8 9, is confession of sin. Now, I remember when I was a kid, I, I went to the, the church at Rome, and, and, and we had to go, uh, Brother Majors, we had to go to confession. We had to go and confess our sins to another man. Do you know, you can scan this book from cover to cover. You can scan the front portion. You can scan all the study notes. You can scan, even scan the 67th book of concordance. And you'll never find that in here. You'll never find confessing your sins to a man. You will find confessing your faults one to another. Thank the Lord for that. But the Bible says here in 1 John 1 verse 8, look at it with me there. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, to who? To God. He's the one that we've sinned against. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is one of the most wonderful verses in the Bible. It says this, when you come to God in true humility and repentance and say, God, I have sinned, I messed up, God not only is faithful to forgive you of that sin, 
but he is faithful to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That means he wipes the board clean. Thank God for that, amen. So conditions of fellowship there. Then in chapter 2, we have some cautiousness about fellowship, and it, it cautions us not to love the world, and it cautions us against the spirit of Antichrist, that is, those that would say that Jesus did not come in the flesh. Uh, it, it says, just be cautious of that if you're going to stay in fellowship with God. And then <clears throat> chapter 2, really through the beginning of chapter 5, we have some characteristics of fellowship and some characteristics that you see from Christian people, and you ought to see from Christian people, our purity of life, amen, the practice of righteousness, that, that is uh, practicing right living. We're not saved because we live right, but because we are saved, we ought to live right, amen. And so it goes on there, it talks about uh, loving in word and deed, amen. It talks about, we, we read in chapter 4, testing the spirits, and then really the bulk of the passage that we read today is loving that which Christ loves. It's a characteristic of fellowship. One of the things I love about Loomis Park Baptist Church, and I'm not just saying this because it's Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we have a lot of guests. One of the things I love about Loomis Park Baptist Church is I feel like we have a good handle on these verses. We love the brethren. Amen. We love each other. Do we always agree? No. I don't always agree with myself. Amen? Should I shave this side first today or that side? I had to fight that fight this morning, amen? I didn't even agree with myself. No, but we love the people of God. It says that all through here. He says, listen, if you say you love God and hate your brother, here he is again saying you're a liar. <laughs> again, John doesn't pull any punches. He says, if you say you love God, and, you, and then he says this, how can you love God whom you have not seen and hate your brother whom you have seen. And so he, he talks about that there in, in the, the characteristics of fellowship. And then the last chapter has consequences of fellowship. One of these this characteristics here is the, the love of God. And we looked at that. But the word love, loveth, loved, between, in chapter 4, verses 7 through 12 and 16 through 21, is used 27 times. You know, when God does something like that, Brother Hirth, I think he's trying to tell us something. He uses a word that many times. He says, listen, and he really bookends it. If you look at chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Then verse 21, he says, And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. I want you to look at verse number 17. It's our text today. And it talks about here, it says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. We see the importance of believing in God's love in verse 16. It says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, in God in him. I am so thankful today 
that no matter what, I know that God loves me. You know, we sing a song, and it, we used to sing it all the time in children's church and on the bus, but I'm going to tell you something. It is not a children's song. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me. Hey, have you ever felt unloved? Of course. Listen, I know we've had some folks in our church deal with a suicide. You know what the ultimate part of suicide is you feel that nobody cares. Nobody loves you. And we know the devil's a liar, by the way. But I'm so glad for the reassurances from the Word of God. It says there, we love him because he first... For God so loved the world. Amen. And so uh, we look at that, and and it's one thing to to read that, and it's another thing to truly believe it and believe, yes, I, I believe in the love of God. I believe that God loves me. So we see believing in God's love in verse 16. Then we see maturing in God's love in verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect. That word, we we always equate perfect to sinless or mistake-free. Most times when that word in the Bible is used, it means mature. And so believing in God's love, it tells us here that we mature in God's love. That's so important. We're made perfect. And then we can rest in God's love there. Look at that next phrase. It says that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Now you think about that, Christians. We're not talking about when the lost are judged before God. There'll be no boldness there. And even at the judgment seat of Christ, listen, we're going to fall down prostrate before him. But he says this, that if you are living in the love of God, you are living a life that is pleasing to God, you can have boldness in that day of judgment, knowing that you lived your life for God. Then this last phrase, it just so caught my attention. It says there in verse 17, As he is, so are we in this world. I got three simple points this morning. And they're all those three word phrases. The first there is as he is. Notice number one this morning, the prince. As he is. Who's it talking about here? Jesus Christ. As he is. Notice that the scriptures do not say, as he was. It says, as he is. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. When Jesus came and he was uh, speaking to the Pharisees, there was a time where they picked up stones to kill him. And you know why they did that? Because he said this. They said, we're the children of Abraham. He said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. They said, you're not even 50 years old. How do you know Abraham? And Jesus said in John 8, 58, before Abraham was, I am. 
They picked up stones. You know why they picked up stones? They knew what he meant. They knew what he said. God himself, Jehovah God, had said in Exodus 3.14, when Moses said, what should I tell him your name is? He said, you tell him I am that I am. Jesus was making his claim to be God. As he is. You know, there's only one thing that Jesus ever was. Dead. Hmm? Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen? He was dead. And it says here, the prince, as he is. I'm here to tell you something. You can go today to the tomb of Buddha and you will find bones and dust. You can go today to the tomb of Muhammad and you will find bones and dust. But if you go to that old garden tomb, as they said, it was only borrowed. You'll not find any bones. You'll not find any skeleton. You'll not find any decay. Because three days later, he that was dead lives forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Amen. It says, as he is. I'm so glad he's the eternal is. Amen. As he is. Secondly, not only the prince, but the people. Look at verse 17 again. It says, because as he is, next three words, so are We. It's a very interesting study in the Bible looking at the words as and so. Luke chapter 17 verse 26 says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the coming of man. John 3.14 says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. 1 Peter 1.15 says, But as he which is called you is holy, so be ye holy. And then here, as he is, so are we. You know what God's ultimate goal for his children is? That we would be like Jesus. That we would be conformed into the image of his son, Romans 8.29 tells us. That we would be holy. Oh, I think about this verse. As he is, so are we. You know, as he is in his kindness, so should we be. As he is in his love, so should we be. Did he not say, love your enemies? Did he not love his enemies on the cross at Calvary? He sure did. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Hey, he could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't. He loved his enemies. Hey, as he is in his sacrifice, so should we be in our sacrifice. Men, we don't know a lot about sacrifice. 
I just came back from the Philippines, and uh, I saw a lot of people, Brother Ewald, who gave the widow's might during the offering. And by the way, I'm glad for everybody that gives. I really am. I thank God. Uh, the Bible talks about the tithe. That's a starting point, amen, for all of us. But I, I remember seeing and thinking, these people are sacrificing. They're sacrificing. Yesterday we had uh, a crew out for visitation, and I, I really do. I appreciate people that sacrifice a couple hours. I appreciate Sunday school teachers that sacrifice their time through the week. I appreciate choir members that sacrifice a couple hours on Sunday. I appreciate men that sacrifice time and come and pray. I appreciate those that, listen, ladies and gentlemen, but the thing, the thing about it is when we look at Jesus' sacrifice, you know what I'm convinced in my own life? I could always do a little more. Yeah. I could always do a little more. The Bible says he went a little further. His kindness, his love, his sacrifice. How about his faithfulness? Huh? As he is, so are we. How about his words? You ever do a, just go through your Bible and read just the words of Jesus? Look at his words, how he, sp how he spake. Just, just, I, I try to think sometimes, Brother Horsh, I wonder what his tone was like. I wonder what his diction was like. I wonder if he spoke forcefully here or if he was speaking quietly. But I know this, he always spoke right words, didn't he? As he is, so are we. And then lastly, not only the, the prince and the people, as he is, so are we in this world. The place. The place. You know, if you go over just a page probably in your Bible and turn to 1 John chapter 3, I want you to notice a blessed couple verses here. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Hey, think about that this week. If you want a great uh, barometer of how much God loves you, just look at what he allowed Jesus to go through. That's how much he loves you. I, I read a devotional uh, this week, and it just said this simply, Calvary tells me how much God that I mean to God. Calvary tells me that. And it says here, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we could be called the sons of God, that Jesus would take our place on the cross, die for our sins, and we could simply ask him to be our Savior, receive that payment, and we could be called the sons of God. Behold, what manner of love that is. Amazing love. How can it be that Christ my God would die for me? But then it says this in verse 2. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Not 10,000 years from now, though we will be, but it says, if you're a son of God, you're a son of God now. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, one day, just as Jesus Christ said, he was going to come the first time, and he came as a babe in the manger. 
He's going to come the second time for his church. He's going to rescue his church out of this wicked world. And we are going to go wherever Jesus is, there we will be. And we will be like him forever in heaven. But this verse, in going back to 1 John 4, 17, does not say for us, as he is, so are we in heaven. We will be like him one day in heaven, but this verse is exhorting us to be like him, not in the sweet by and by, but in the nasty now and now. But God commands us as he is in this world. He tells us to be like him now. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know, God wants us to live in newness of life. Not in the old sins of the flesh, but in the newness of the spirit. Amen? Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, the Bible says in Galatians 5, 16. We're new creatures. He, he wants us to live as those new creatures here in this world, in this place. You know what else we are? Hebrews chapter 11 says we're pilgrims and strangers. You know what pilgrims and strangers don't do? They don't dig their tent pegs down too deep because they know they're going to be moving. They're going to be moving. Now, it doesn't mean you can't have a home. I happen to think Christians ought not to have 10 or 12 homes. I, you know, you can only live in one. Hallelujah. Amen. Unless you're uh, giving them away or renting them out or whatever. But just saying, don't get, don't, don't. A man's life consisteth not of that which he possesseth, Jesus said. Amen. Don't, don't let the world get so deep into you that you forget you're a pilgrim. You're just, we're just passing through, ladies and gentlemen. So we're new creatures. We're supposed to be new creatures in this world. We're supposed to be strangers and pilgrims in this world. You know, according to Matthew chapter 5, he said to us that we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Heaven's not going to need any salt. And it's not going to need any light either. Because Jesus is both. He tells us in his absence, we're to be the salt of the earth. You know, salt prevents the spread of corruption. Salt is a preservative. That's what God wants us to be in this world. Listen, I, I, I hate to keep going back to what's going on in our city uh, with, with this foolishness. But listen, you know, one of the reasons why I went to those meetings and wrote and did all this is because we're supposed to be salt. Amen. We're supposed to be salt prevents the spread of corruption, but also light, and light shines in darkness. How many of you noticed that when you shine light in a dark place, the bugs scatter? I used to, I used to think that when I was, I was sharing with these, these young men over here that showed them my picture when I got saved, and I, I remember when I got saved, I was, I was a brand new Christian, and uh, they, they would, there was one guy, he would call me Padre. 
Spanish for father. He, th he didn't know that, you know, it was different. He said, here comes the padre. Watch your language. Light scatters darkness. Amen. Light scatters the bugs. Amen. It really does. And God wants us not in heaven to be salt and light, not in heaven to be new creatures, not in heaven to be strangers and pilgrims, but now in this world, he tells us to be salt and light. You know what he says also about us? He says we're ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors. Ambassador, a representative in a foreign land of a foreign king. That's what we are. We have ambassadors in several countries. They represent our president. Whoever that is, just tell them I'm not here. Amen. <laughs> this, they, they represent, and we, we are ambassadors for Christ. You know what that means? We represent our king in this world. We're supposed to. In this world, as he is, the prince, so are we, the people. In this world, the place. You know what, lastly, this morning, he tells us to be? He tells us to be living Bibles. The Bible uses the term in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, living epistles, book, known and read of all men. You know, your lost coworker, they will never probably read the Bible. But they read you every day. You're the only Bible that some people will ever read. As he is, so are we in this world. I'm glad he is. Not that he was, but that he is. Amen. He's alive. Not just on Easter Sunday. Say amen. Every day, glory to God. He's alive. And he says this, if you're my children, I want you to live like me. I want you to reflect. That, that's what we are. We're mirrors. You know what the moon does? Moon has no light of its own. It reflects the light of the sun. You know what God wants us to be? He wants us to be mirrors, reflecting his light in this dark world. This world. Not heaven. We'll be like him in heaven. We, hey, praise God, we won't have to battle with this old flesh. Amen. This old sinful nature. It'll, it'll, praise God, this robe of flesh I'll drop and rise and seize the everlasting prize. Amen. And shout while flying through the air, farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. Amen. Amen. Now is when God needs us to live for him. Amen. Now. Not that day. We say that a lot. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. Christians, there's no more praying in heaven. Nothing to pray about. We're there. Amen. There, there, there's, there's, no, there's no gospel outreach in heaven. Everybody that's there is there for all eternity. Now's the time to reach out with the gospel in this world, just like he did, just like we should. Amen. Now's the time to pray. Now's the time to be faithful. Now's the time to encourage. Now's the time to be kind. Now's the time to be loving. Now, as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. Our Father, we love you. Thank you so much for...